episode number 20. Or 20 I'm, I'm, 20? I've lost track. Oh my track. god. I think this is 20. We made That's it to a 20. milestone. Without being fired. Hey. Justice Del Santos. Rory O'Toole. Don't get fired. Hashtag don't get fired. We back. We finally back in the multimedia room. I honestly don't remember the last time we recorded in here. Because we didn't record the Washington, Washington State here. We didn't record the Colorado game here. And then the oh last couple, the last couple ones we didn't record here. We did over the phone. You yeah. were in jail. I was in jail in Tijuana. <laughs> it feels good to be back in America again. This is a uh, this is wonderful. This is it's very hot in here though. It's reminding me of Tijuana. Oh the yeah. Temperature in this room. Gotta get those ventilation yeah, systems worked out. Uh, unfortunately, Serena Carano, the Spice Queen, is not with us. But pour one out. She's done something that that neither of us have done. Very few people in this building have done. I don't know the ex- exact name of it. Oscars. <laughs> the journalism the version that's, of that's Oscars. The name of it. Serena Carana, she won an award for one of her features. Cue the clap. Cue applause effect. We are so very proud. We wish she was here with us today to record. That makes it seem like she's dead. She's not dead. Yeah. She just moved on to bigger and better things because she won an award. My ex asked you where you moving. I said, on a better thing. My ex asked me where you moving. I said, on a better thing. <laughs> but I don't know. The next time. The next she's time never she's... coming back on, bro. She's done. She's better than us now. Moving on to bigger she's better things. She's up, bro. She's, she's going to Hollywood. Up. She's yeah. actually going Hollywood. Just like a, a lot of players on this yeah. team. But if we if we do have the privilege of Ooh. getting her on another podcast... I think she's going to be the coach at UCLA. That's what I'm hearing in the rumor mill. They just made her an offer. Your sources? Yeah. Inside so, people? I mean, UCLA, everyone's denying that job. I think Serena, out of the goodness of her heart, might take it. Have mercy on the folks down in Westwood. But the next time we get her on here, if she decides to come back, because as we mentioned, she's gone Hollywood on us... But if we get her in the studio next time, we're going to dedicate, I don't know, the full podcast to her. Yeah. We're going to talk about we're the... We're not even going to speak. It's just going to be Serena. We're just going to, like, bask in, yeah. <laughs> bask in the excellence. Just cease it to her. But, you know, the season's been over for about a month. We knew that there was going to be some stuff happening, but stuff keeps happening. And keeps happening. Keeps happening week after week. And yeah, we got to give the people what they want. Or do people want this? Yeah, what do people want? What do Cal fans want? I think they want a Jason Kidd. And we can't give him that. Because apparently you need a college degree to coach, right? Do we ever get confirmation on that? Yeah, that's an NCAA thing you need to... That's the only reason we didn't get Jason Kidd. The one and only reason. Otherwise, we definitely would have got him. Only reason? Yeah. Literally just that. You telling me that... Uh, Money, shmoney, it's whatever. Coaching LeBron. Debt. This is nothing, you know? Oh, it was all because of that degree. That's it. You know, he he should turn down the opportunity to coach like the the next version of himself. You know, Lonzo. And, you know, come yeah. come coach the the next version of you, Jacob Orander. Hey. Galaxy brain meme. Yes. <laughs> exactly. But you know, we still have things. Even, even despite the season having been over for about a month at this point, we still have things to talk about. A new coach. A new coach was in, officially introduced. Um, players have transferred from the program. I think let's get the the marks fo- the the mark foxing out the way just because that's probably won't take as long. Just mm-hmm. spend a little time on it. So let's touch on that. <laughs> we just before recording we rewatched his 
opening press conference, we rewatched specifically the segment uh, where I asked the question, and I didn't even notice it, but you noted that he he's giving me the death stare a little bit. And yeah, like my question. Yeah, well, Justice asked him uh, how are you gonna move on from last season. You know. Considering one of the worst college basketball teams of all time, and Mark Fox did not seem to take kindly to that. He said, "The past is the past, the future is the future." So yeah, he was he was burning uh, some lasers in you for sure. Also, this man name drops more than anyone. Like I don't know if any of our listeners have uh, you know been around Haas, but you know Haas, they like the name drop. Oh yeah, I get offers from Goldman Sachs. JP Morgan Chase, blah blah blah. Typical Haas BS. This this was a version of that of college basketball coaches. He brought up Jeff Van Gundy, Greg Popovich. He even brought up Wyking, which I find hard to believe. I don't believe that. He said he called Wyking and said, I'm gonna make sure they don't forget your legacy that you left here. Paraphrasing, of course. But there's no way that happened, right? I think he did it out of sign of respect. It's like, hey, I'm going to be taking... Where do you think Viking was when he got this phone call? Englewood? Back home? You think he's back home? Anywhere but Berkeley, You think he's auditioning for roles again? Benchwarmers too. Yeah? (laughs) He's like, sorry, I'm on set right now. I can't take this call. He also said he wants them to be good citizens. Yeah, that was the three expectations. His three expectations were... Volunteer in a militia? (laughs) (laughs) Protect the colonies here? Uh, I don't think delusional hours have as... (laughs) I don't know what the hell he was talking about with that. It was really strange. His, his three he ex- said student-athlete performance, athletic performance, which is kind of like redundant at that point. And then he says, I want them to be good citizens. citizens I want them to register to vote. <laughs> I want them to be in a militia. He didn't say I the militia I want them to learn part. how to grow potatoes. <laughs> crops. Don't okay, rely on I'm anyone. St- I'm pumping, I'm, pumping the I'm pumping the brakes. I'm pumping the brakes. Is libertarian? You heard it here first. I'm pumping the brakes. We gotta, we gotta steer yeah. this shit back. We're, we veered into the wrong lane. Jesus. The cop behind us flicked on the light. Police! 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 Yo, I, this is what this man said. I'm just, I'm the messenger. It is hot as hell in here, bro. Okay, so to bring, to bring it. It is hot as hell. But are the takes hotter? That's the real question. Hey. But to bring it back to a, deg- <laughs> a somewhat degree of normalcy, we watched his press conference. There were some, as you as you like to bring up, there were some things he said that caught your attention. But what were your overall impressions just on the uh, press conference as a whole, aside from you know, him yeah. giving me the death stare? Well, the battery running low on the wallpaper behind them is almost uh, a perfect encapsulation of the fan reaction of this and my reaction. Is that a low, low enthusiasm, but, you know, at least the light's turned on because it's been very dark and scary these past two years for Cal basketball. So, you know, we're, we're restarting, rebooting this computer, this Cal basketball program. Is this a metaphor? I'm <laughs> this so confused. This is a metaphor. I'm bringing it around, guys. Don't worry. It's all circular. Um, Time is a flat circle. Yep. Boom. Galaxy brain. Galaxy brain. brain. Again, that's the second galaxy brain. I feel like I'm in a galaxy brain right now with the heat in this room. Uh, I mean, yeah. Every, the press conference basically confirmed everything we said about him and what I wrote in my column. Check it out, y'all. Self-plug. Please read. It's good for you. Um, he's a really great guy. 
he's respectful. He says all the right things. He stresses all the, you know, cliches of we're going to be a team, where he's winning attitude, blah, blah, blah. I like that he's emphasizing defense. We definitely need that. But, I mean, nothing in the press conference was really uh, shocking. Like, it's it basically went about as expected, apart from some weird word choices and philosophies. But, yeah, he, he kind of gave all of the, you know, the stereotypicals that you would hear out of a press conference. We're going to start a new era. You Jim know. Nolan's one talking wild in this press conference. Oh yeah, the, the whole thing about okay, Can we get I, that I, clip in there. I, I'll note this: someone asked about what the the realistic expectations were for Fox's tenure, and he said like Pac-12 championship, regular season title. The, the person who was asking the yeah, question, CBI championship, <laughs> and and Knowlton's response was, um, it was was national championship one of my options. What would you say is the is the is a realistic uh, goal for for this this program? Was was one of my options national championship? You know, let's let's get to ten wins. I think he's talking about the swim team. Well, he did he did talk about the swim team in the very beginning of his. Did he really? He said after I dried off for my celebratory swim. Wow. I think he I think he's insinuating he jumped in the pool. Wow. But, you know, not to spend too much more time. Maybe he's just confused. He thought we were about to talk about the swim team. He didn't even know he was a basketball. I, I will also note that the introduction for Fox walking onto the stage was pretty grand. You know, they brought out the smoke machine. They dimmed the lights. They, they brought the smoke machine again? They brought the smoke machine out. They, Dude, they love using that thing. They have to justify that investment, I guess. Just like the, the investment on this microphone, too. We gotta, that's why we got to pump hey, out these podcasts. True you know? that, true yeah. that. But not to spend too much more time on this because I do want to get to the the transfers. But, you know, he said all the right things. I wasn't, you know, he didn't really say anything crazy. The one thing that did catch my attention was mm-hmm. how hard he flexed the academic achievements. At Georgia, they went from having a, I forgot what the terminology was, academic progress index, something like that. And it went, it jumped like 50 points to 995, where 1,000 is the highest. And Georgia's graduation rate went from 36% to 100%, which, that, that's fantastic. That is awesome. And He's trying the, to get some cred with the Berkeley crowd. The one thing I was kind of, I admired that it was cool, and it was great that you're getting these young men, especially at Georgia, which I didn't know until this press conference had a very poor history of graduating student-athletes, like I'm early shocked. basketball athletes, I guess, but I don't see that same problem at Berkeley. Um, I mean, Justice was all team, all academic, right? Yeah. Yeah. This doesn't really strike me as an issue at Berkeley. I I think there's, and if memory serves correct, there's even like a GPA minimum for the team. I think it's like a three. I don't know. I would assume it's like a 3.0 or a 2.5 Not exactly the same workload to University of Georgia versus Berkeley. No offense, University of Georgia, but I mean, it's just facts. It's just we're just facts machine right here. But you have any like final thoughts on that? Uh, I'm just gonna say, bro, you're gonna have to rekindle this relationship with Mark Fox because I feel like <laughs> he's already like he's got you on a hit list for sure. Well, I mean, it was very easy. Hawaii King 
style hit list. <laughs> list. It was very easy for me to stand out because I was by far the youngest. and I By far. By far. And I think I was like one of two like persons of color in like the yeah. two front rows. So I think... And then plus, like, with the combination of, like, the glasses and the comb. Maybe yeah, I'll just not... just all bad. Yeah. Maybe for the season, I'll just take off my glasses and be like, oh, that was my twin. Sorry. I don't yeah. Know you're talking I don't know about. who that guy was. <laughs> but let's not bury the lead here. There's a reason why we're here. Because, you know, if Fox was just being introduced, I don't think we'd have enough to talk about I that. I mean, for I could have cross-analyzed a lot of that speech. We're going to watch the film? So. We're going to watch film! <laughs> that was... That's probably the that's only... That's his legacy. That's probably the only film we've had this entire season. Yeah. Between that and, like, the highlight reels. Come on, Pac-12. Hey, Pac-12, uh, can Please. you do me a favor? Uh, release the tapes. <laughs> Please. For the love of God. But we have, you know, bigger fish to fry in regards to this podcast. Just assuming. I think... We knew it from day one. There's only, there's only enough room for one justice in Berkeley. There's only enough wow. room. You heard it here first. <laughs> but for those who haven't heard, this isn't exactly breaking news at this point, but Justice Sewing announced his intent to transfer from the program. Uh, Roman Davis announced his intent to t- transfer from the program as well. And Darius McNeil announced his intent to transfer two weeks back. Although there was that weird thing on social media where Darius was still showing up in Cal Men's Basketball's Instagram posts. Yeah, he was at the meeting. He was at the meeting with Fox. Well, Suen was there too, so... Yeah, true that. But then... That was before he announced, though. That was before. But then there was also... I think men's basketball showed up to... I think they were... It was for one of the tennis teams, and he was in the picture, but Suen and Davis weren't. We're we're just reading... We're looking too far into the weeds here. It's very weird. And it is worth noting that none of them have officially transferred and picked a school. I know that Darius is getting some in-home visits from a couple schools... I think he's going to be traveling in the next couple of days to visit some schools, but he hasn't officially announced his intent to transfer to another program. Neither has Justice nor Roman, to my knowledge. So that means they can't come back. And someone actually asked him on just someone actually asked Justice on his Instagram live, would he consider coming back? Would I consider staying at Cal? Yep. Of course, I love Cal. I do like hell. That's why I chose it. As of right now... So they can come back? They can come back. All three of them can come back. They're only in the transfer portal. Okay, yeah, that's what I thought. So they just have the ability to come back if they want. I think that means that they don't have to sit out of here. I'm pretty sure they don't if they just decide to come back. But that's where we stand. As of right now, Suing is not in the plans for next year's roster. McNeil isn't. Davis isn't. Wow. What are your thoughts? I don't know how we're going to recover without Roman Davis. Such a, <laughs> such yeah, I mean, the first stuff. half, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, wow. Yeah, Justice leaving. I was unsure if he was going to transfer. I, I don't know what you thought going in, but I thought there was a good chance he was going to stay. So I'm slightly surprised that he transferred. But at the same time... I could, I mean, it makes perfect sense why I'd want to leave. Um, his role, I feel like he could have done more, you know? Not like the game plan could have been designed around him more. Maybe he's looking for something like that at a different school. Um, 
But that's a huge, huge loss because he was he's our leading scorer, right? Yeah. He was our leading scorer with 14, uh, 14.3 points a game. Yeah. Which, Six rebounds. Wow. It's crazy. And he got to the line, like one of the few players on Cal who got to the line consistently. Um, yeah, that's a huge loss. Uh, I don't know who we're going to have to replace him, honestly. It's going to be really... It's going to have to be by committee, I suppose. And then McNeil, not surprising he left. Obviously, our shooter and great playmaker. Um, yeah, we're, we're losing a lot with those two guys. And then Roman, just kind of the linchpin, the ultimate glue guy. Not really. Roman <laughs> leaving has literally no bearing on this team. But I'm going to miss those attempted Euro steps. A lot that go horribly wrong. I'm pretty sure the Pac-12 scrubbed those tapes from existence. I think so. He might have done it himself. They knew specifically that we wanted them. Yeah, we didn't tell anyone. They, you know, we the Max have these cameras on the front of the cam on the the on the front of the laptops. Yeah, they got the microphones still working at all hours of the day. They heard us. Right, you know, they scrubbed this, them this year. How you took pictures of the games. Yep. This upcoming season, you just got to videotape the games from the floor. There it is. That's how we get it. Got to lock them up. You got to, yeah, honestly. But yeah, with suing, despite how bad this season was, I wasn't really of the expectation that he was going to transfer. I thought regardless of what happened with other players transferring, he would still, at the end of the day, be in a position to be the, the face of the team, and that's kind of the, the position that he took on yeah. this season. I know that... At you know, at the Pac-12 tournament, they have like all of they have one player each on like the the windows, and I think he was there. He was their guy. Yeah, he was the the face of Cal men's basketball for better or for worse. I'm, and I'm surprised. Yeah, the thing with suing too is you know we talk a lot about Darius's body language, how he was kind of waving his arms a lot, very frantically when he thought he was open, like a, a wacky inflatable tube man that you see at car dealerships. <laughs> And I so from a body language perspective, I could see Darius leaving. But from like a more subtle body language perspective, I could see Justice. the The writing was yeah. kind of on the wall. He wouldn't be the type to just wave his arms around, but he kind of just shrugged his shoulders. He's the eye roll guy. Exactly. Big eye roll team. So it's while like the Clippers of twenty fifteen, all <laughs> eye roll guys. So it wasn't super shocking, but it was it was mild it, on like the scale. It was very, you know, it's very low end. I wonder what he's looking for, though. Like, how many shots a game was he averaging here? He was averaging 10 shot, 10.5 shots a game. He was leading the team. I mean, wherever he goes, he's probably going to get the same amount of shots, or maybe even less. Um, he went to the line a lot. I mean, he was basically able to do whatever he wanted. I guess he did get angry about... I noticed sometimes Paris wouldn't always give him the ball when he wanted it, and he didn't get to initiate the offense. It was kind of very, Paris is going to initiate the offense. Then you can get the ball justice. Where I feel like sometimes he wanted to kind of start it himself. So maybe that has something to do with it. He wants to handle the ball more. Because I, I, I don't really know, as far as offensively, like where there's a better situation. Obviously winning is a big part of it. Maybe he just wants to go to a more successful program. But as far as, like, the opportunities you're going to get, I find it hard to believe he's going to get more shots somewhere else. 
Yeah, when you're transferring into a program, it's hard to just step in and be the guy yeah. or even even the number two guy. So you have to sit out the year. That's true as well. I mean, I sitting out a year can it can be you know beneficial to your game, especially with totally. justice. There are some areas that he stands to improve: his three point shooting, yeah. his playmaking ability, his dribble. There was this towards the end of the season. There was a play that I noticed. He it wasn't really a play, but it was a connection that he had with Vanover when he would drive to the paint, attract a lot of attention, and sort of do that hook around mm. assist where as he's going up, he sort of wraps his arm around, passes it to Vanover, yeah. and Vanover gets a very easy layup. And that was sort of I expected him to, you know, come into more of a playmaking role. Yeah. I guess that was kind of negated because of Darius, but in terms of you know, going to another program and being the guy, being the star. I'm not sure what Justice is looking for, but there aren't going to be too many programs that are going to allow you to just step in. That's what I'm saying. And have that much command of the offense right away. Yeah. Even if you sit out a year, you get it. You get initiated with the offense. Even if it's like a mid-major. Yeah. I can't imagine him just no. like stepping in and just unless you're like I mean, Don Coleman. Mid-majors are like, typically whatever. like, unless you're John Morant, they're usually like a lot of ball movement. No. There's no star on the team. We're all going to share the ball, you know? So even that, I just, it must be a thing about winning. Like, I guess that speaks to how bad the Viking era was, that he's willing to sacrifice as big a role as he has here. It's kind of like a guy in the NBA when you see good stats, bad team guy, and then they go to a better team and they get less shots, but obviously, like, they're winning more and they're a more efficient player. Kevin Love, Chris Bosh. Yeah. Etc. Etc. Like maybe that's what he's uh, looking for, you know? I don't. I'm because as it doesn't make sense really. From like, I need more shots. I need more opportunities. Unless he just wants to be a sole ball handler. Well, I mean, if you know, I'm not entirely sure what his mentality is in regards to what he wants to do professionally. But if the goal is, if the goal for him is to go pro, whether that be in the NBA or some overseas, if that's the goal then you've got to have some experience when it comes to winning. I know that Markel Fultz, mm-hmm. the year that he was drafted number one overall, he was averaging like 25-5-5, and five, but Washington was, hor- was horrible. Yeah. And, you know, you have to be so much of an exception to the rule in order for teams to look at it. Also, Ben Simmons, like that one year he was at LSU, like they didn't even make the tournament and he was gone. Yeah. And God, what a disaster that was. You know, he could have been the martyr for the, the end of the one and done. Yeah. That must be it then. Like, maybe he's just like, dude, this is going to damage me. Which I we talked about before where the Viking era was so bad that it was going to negatively affect these guys' careers. You know? Because you did get that sense that, like, this is so bad that people are just going to be like, I'm not touching you. Because you were... It's almost like you have toxic waste. <laughs> on you and now you're a danger to the public like we gotta put you in a quarantine we don't want you affecting the rest of the basketball world and then there's also the matter of player development and you know we talked about this well, yeah, that's a great point, yeah. because you know player development can only go so far as you know you putting in work in the off season if you're you know you can put in like the you can put in your 10,000 hours you can do what you gotta do in the off season but if you don't get those actual in-game reps and if you're not put in a position to win, then it's kind of all for naught. And we know this because, you know, we see someone like Connor Vanover who's early in the season wasn't really being put in a position to succeed. We know this because we see 
Andre Kelly, who's being forced, who's not being put into position to succeed. We know this because we see Jawan Harris Dyson, who's not being put in a position to succeed. So to your point, it's probably less a matter of him being the face of this team and more a matter of I'm not being put in a position to succeed going forward. Yeah, I guess so. But I guess that means he doesn't believe Mark Fox could give him that kind of development. I mean, he was such a specific stat. The 2012 Real GM number one coach in terms of player development. Okay, there you go. But then because there's this does your argument does and what we're saying does make sense in the context of Viking. But Mark Fox, we just don't know. So you, I'm surprised Justice at least didn't give it a shot. At least like more than a. Because how many days after the press conference did he announce his intent to transfer? Like a few days, right? The press conference was on Monday. I believe he announced it on Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah, which, I mean, his mind was probably already made up then. Um. Well, I mean, his mind's, you know, his mind's not completely made up, if that, because he can, he, he can still come yeah. back. But if he is to leave, I can just see this plain and simply as a situation where there's been so much that's happened over the past two seasons that they just gotta get out like people know me as the player that's on that bad team i need a fresh start yeah and i can see that being part of the mentality you know there is that makes sense i just surprised you want to give it at least a shot like a little bit more before you know declaring that well i guess that's the whole thing with announcing your intent to transfer and actually transferring it's like until it's like the whole deandre jordan thing with the mavericks initially yeah it was it was verbal. Yeah, this is almost like restricted free agency or something. Or it's actually that's yeah. actually a really great analogy because that's basically what it is. Yeah, like like he who may was, come back. Like Alan Crab. Are we gonna match? <laughs> Alan Crab signed with the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, and then signed with the Trailblazers. Otto Porter Jr. signed with the Brooklyn Nets mm-hmm. and then signed with the Nets. So yeah, that is a real time. That yeah. is a really good analogy, actually. But I got a stat for you. Please. I always love to throw out the stats for you. So, Justice was Cal's leading scorer. Okay. Darius, by total points, not points per game, was their second leading scorer. With suing, if suing and McNeil are gone, that means Cal will lose the two players who produced thirty-seven percent of their points and also conveniently thirty-seven percent of their shot attempts. Yeah. I mean, it's a huge loss, uh, but I think it is replaceable with the com- combination of Matt Bradley, Vanover, Andre Kelly. Um, so let's talk Harris, about it. I guess a little bit. Yeah, Maybe so even Grant. Who knows? Yeah, so let's talk about their their current rotation as of to, like right now, which is yeah. Who are the starters of the moment now? If, like those guys leave. Well, we can we can talk about who might start, but here's who they currently have. Okay. Among the guards, Paris Austin, Matt Bradley, Juwan Harris Dyson, Joel Brown, freshman, Charles Smith the fourth, freshman. I also put Jacob Orinder because those two weird games, Oregon, yeah. Oregon State. I guess he don't sleep on Jacob. Yakub. <laughs> And then among the forwards, Vanover's technically counted as a forward, but Vanover, wow. Kelly, and Tisevich. A 7-3 forward. <laughs> Jacoby Warden and DJ Thorpe, another freshman. Among the starters, you could go a couple different ways with it. 
if I was writing it up, I'd probably go Paris Austin, Matt Bradley, Jawan Harris Dyson, Andre Kelly, and Connor Vanover. Not exactly a starting lineup that screams more than eight wins. I have to say, we were screaming for Andre Kelly, Connor Vanover combo. You were screaming all for last, that yeah, all of last season. I'm on that island, so I, if that's the starters, I'm going to be super excited. So we're, we're presented with this kind of, it's, it's an interesting debacle. Because we've always talked about how Cal last season had enough talent to win eight games in spite of Viking. And you, you yeah. know, you talked about Matt Bradley and Connor Vanover succeeding in spite of Viking. Mm-hmm. So we have a new head coach in place, Mark Fox, who brings, if anything, stability, a defensive first mindset, you know, a lot of hard-nosed man-to-man. I'm really excited to see how Jawan is activated when he's playing more man-to-man. But to get back to the larger point, you have a different coach, a different philosophy, but then we're also presented with a very young roster. I think it's... It's still young, yeah. I don't know if it's younger than last year, but if it's not younger, by total experience... I think it's probably the same, right? It's probably the same. three freshmen. But then, I don't know, I don't completely count Jacoby Gordon as a sophomore, just, it kind of felt like... That's true. It's it almost felt, like he took a gap year. It felt like he was a red shirt. Yeah. But he's counted as a sophomore. Yeah, he is. Because he like he kind of just floated around like he didn't really. He had that Achilles injury. You gotta get in shape. Anyways, it is a very young roster. It's a very young roster. Mark Fox is gonna lose his remaining hairline. We were talking about that. It's holding on for dear life. I think it's receding all the way to the back this season. Just like how with presidents, you see the hair go completely white. After the end of their term, that's what we're going to see with Mark Fox. He's just going to disappear. <laughs> so so back to the, the question that I have. It's like, we have this completely young roster, very young. And, you know, until we see Brown and Smith and Thorpe on the floor, we don't really know. Are they definitely coming still? As of have right we now. Have any word on that? As of right now. We need to check their social media. We need to do the bleach report. Check the social media. Is that always the move? That's always the move. That's we'll get back to you on that, guys. But as of right now, to my knowledge, they're still coming to Cal. We don't know exactly Decent how they recruits. Yeah, they're solid recruits. Yeah. Three, four-year guys. It's going to be interesting to see how they pan out. You know, until until we see them on the floor, we can't really definitively say, you know, what role they may fill, what niche they may fill. Mm-hmm. But we do know Bradley. We do know Austin, Juwan. Vanover, Kelly, Antisevich, Gordon. So this is sort of my question. Is the coaching enough to offset 
the young roster, and that and can that lead to more than eight wins? Can this roster, with as current, quote unquote, not really currently constructed because it's still probably up in the air. There might be a grad transfer or two. There might be, God. there might be anything in the next couple of weeks. But just this roster that I listed off. Do you have confidence in Fox being able to get that team more than eight wins? Not eight, more than eight. So at least nine. <laughs> uh, confidence is the wrong word. I would I would not say I have confidence, but I would not be surprised if he pulled a rabbit out of his hat in a few games here because he is an experienced coach. He's 2012 real GM, number one coach in player development. He's got a whole summer and fall to work with these guys. Um, I would, and it, we have to look at the context of the Pac 12 next year. UCLA is depleted. Jalen Hands is gone. Chris Wilkes is gone. Well, UCLA is always going to get prospects. They'll get prospects, but. Washington just team. lost their entire core. Yeah. Not entire core, but a good chunk of it. Jalen Noel did declare for the draft, and then Noah Dickerson, Matisse Thybul, Dominic Green, yeah. David Crisp. They're just seniors. I mean, Arizona's coming in with the ultimate FBI team. <laughs> just, Is that what, a player? Completely dra- dropped the bag last season, this year in recruiting. Sean Miller is going out guns blazing. Um, is ASU going to be good, we think, next year? It's, Hard to tell. We'll get back to you on that. USC is getting all... LaMelo Ball. What? I mean, no way. I, I'm pretty sure that's one of the teams. Isn't he ineligible because he's had a professional contract in Lithuania? It's a really weird situation, but technically he's eligible because he was never the one getting the money. It was always his dad. Like in a trust? I'm not sure how it works, but all I know is that he's eligible to play college basketball. But he hasn't committed to a team, so Cal is an option. He might <laughs> hey, has the Mellow Ball said Dude, no to Cal? Has hey, he said no to Cal? Hey, yeah. He has not. He has not. He has not. And Tony Stay Bennett hasn't said no to So UCLA. just saying, the Pac 12 may be just as weak next year. And if that's the case, I mean, we have a chance to win more than eight. Am I confident we'll win more than eight? Are you kidding me? No. But it's possible. Well, I think a lot of this comes down to. Jacoby. I think coming into this season, Juwan was my X factor. And as we know... What makes you say that? That it comes down to Jacoby. Yeah. Well, the the quote-unquote good thing about it being suing that's transferring is that he's a forward and you have someone of another similar build that's coming in his place. Yeah. And from what I've gathered about Jacoby, just seeing him in limited playing time, seeing... Some of his tape from high school is that he's a scorer. He's a shooter. He's a shooter. He, I forgot who I was talking to, but there was kind of a comparison to, at least aesthetically speaking, Carmelo Anthony. Oh, my God. Not comparison-wise, but just aesthetically speaking. And just watching the way he plays, you know, you know, last year his biggest thing was the Achilles injury. He couldn't really hit a shot to save his life. But one thing that I always notice throughout these games is no matter how cold he was, no matter how many games he went without hitting a three-pointer, he was always taking them without any hesitation whatsoever. And for him to be able to do that at with the knowledge that, you know, he's not 100%, and he was doing it against some, like, good teams, too. I remember two examples in my mind that stick out was 
the Arizona State and the Arizona games at home. I just remember him. I was taking photos on the floor, and I just remember him, you know, catches the ball, shots going up right away. I'm like, no hesitation whatsoever, and I was really impressed with that. I think given a a full off season to really get that Achilles in check, to get his body more equipped for the college game, putting his 10,000 hours, putting his 500 shots a day, work with Fox. I think he he has that potential, in my mind, to be a number one scoring option. Not next season. I think that's a little too premature. But I think if he progresses at the at you know a normal college basketball rate and not the rate that we've seen in this bizarro Viking Jones world, I think he can become a really good college player, if not, you know, borderline prospect, somewhere way down the line. Yes. I know about this season though. This upcoming season. I think that's too I much. I think he to might be in. Bruno two years away from being two years away type of deal here. Um my problem with Jacoby is, and I was a fan of him, I feel like he doesn't always, I mean, this may just be his disposition, but it doesn't always seem like he's going 100% out there as far as effort. Sometimes he seems like he's kind of jogging up and down the floor. He's not a defender. Mark Fox is a defense first kind of guy. And if you're not defending, you're not going to see the floor. He does have the shooting dimension, which is important. Um... I'm just going to have to see it, though, because he already broke my heart once. And he doesn't, I mean, he's, I'm going to have to see the defense. I'll be very interested to see his defensive effort. Well, how much of the effort do you think was because of his Achilles? Oh, it definitely played a big role. But you, it was not life or death for this guy when he's on the floor. I mean, given he was in a lot of garbage time minutes thrown in at random moments, but I don't know. And I would say the shooting is the one thing that can elevate him to potentially have a higher ceiling than Justice, especially the confidence of it and both the confidence of it and just, you know, just the way that he plays the game. You know, it's, you know, he does have more of an offensive first mindset, but I think just big. Yeah. But I think that's, that's kind of something this Cal team needs. They just need someone who's just a scorer. Yeah. Because here, let me let me present this situation to you. You're down by two. You need a bucket of last year's roster. Yeah. Who are you going to? And how confident? Definitely are you? justice. How confident? Or van over towards the end of the year. But how confident are you on in terms of them just being able to? I like some Tyler I'm Hero. Not, I am a bucket. Oh yeah, no. I'm not confident, but I mean that has to be your go-to. Because Justice could create a shot. He could get fouled. He had a few moves. And Vanover was damn near unstoppable those last three or four games. But I'm trying to imagine Gordon in that situation. Because also we don't Is he more of a catch-and-shoot guy? Or is he out? I mean, the mellow comparison suggests that he's like off the dribble, create his own shot, make contested jumpers. Like, well, I guess we'll have to see. Because... He was having to. It was it was a compound effect. He had to learn the speed of the college game, yeah. while himself not being as fast as he'd want to move, and he wasn't really given that many opportunities to just go one on one. Granted, by his I, high school tape, it didn't look like he was like. A lot of those were catch and shoot or like one or two dribbles, shoot kind of deals. 
This is why the Pac-12 needs to release the footage <laughs> yeah. so we can just break this down yeah. to bare bones. But I really don't know just in terms of what his game is going to be at the college level. I think definitely the catch-and-shoot aspect he has down in terms of... He has he, no fear. Yeah. Which is big, which is a huge like mental part of the game that he has down. But as far as X-Factors for next season, I feel like Matt Bradley, if he develops even further, gets under control, the decision-making improves, he could be really, really interesting player next season. I mean, he impressed me a lot. You loved him last season. That guy has competitive fire. We're talking about dispositions. It is life and death for Matt Bradley. That dude is going to get in a fight eventually. I can't <laughs> wait. The ultimate dark alley guy. Um, I Yeah, Matt Bradley could really add a, a huge dimension to this team. The one memory I keep having of Matt Bradley, when it, at least in, in regards to competitive fire, was the San Diego State game. There was a play where I think he got called for a foul, but it looked like a block. And then the dude was on the floor, and he just totally stares did. him down. And then there was another play. Talk about no fear. Matt Bradley has zero fear, dude. And then plus the fact they've given him the ball in like these life-or-death situations. The Stanford he game. took when over they, for Paris, too, at points last year, at point. Like the, the Stanford game, yeah. The Stanford game at Haas, although it, you know, banned the charge. Yeah. They gave him the ball to tie Please. to tie the game. There was, I think, in that San Diego, there was another game when he, I remember him making a three from the left wing. Yeah. To either tie, I think it was to take the lead. I think that was the San Diego State game. I well, think he had a big bucket or two against Washington too, towards down the stretch. I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah. Because that guy, I mean, he does what Jacoby does, the shooting. But he also gives you the off-the-dribble creation. He gets to the line a little bit. He's tough. He tries on defense. I mean, he's a little undersized, I suppose, but he's quick. He has good anticipation. He has a good feel for the game. He, You're just going all the adjectives. I mean, you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm writing a scouting report right now. Well, I think uh, one of my biggest concerns... He struggled with turnovers. Though. That's true. Yeah. Well, that kind of gets into one of my concerns, which is... You know, how much of an increased role for Bradley and Vanover and Gordon is borderline unhealthy? Because, you know, we have seen a lot of glimpses with these guys, and they are going to have to step into that big role, just considering that Mm -hmm. Suing might not be there, that McNeil might not be there. But, you know, I want them, just considering everything that's happened in the Viking era, where a lot of these guys have been put in really tough positions really early on, and that can be good for development, but just considering how much pressure was put on Suing and McNeil to be winning players right from the jump, I do have some concerns that there might be a situation where Bradley and Vanover and Gordon, and even some of the freshmen that are asked to do way too much for for their age, essentially. Yeah, but I mean, what other choice do we have? I mean, we can't. I mean, I would love to turn to Yakub. <laughs> well, I guess that gets into the, the whole idea of grad transfers. The market's never been hot. Not even grad, well, in terms of next season grad transfers, but just the transfer market in general has never been hotter. It just seems like it's pe- so hot right now. Can we get that? Media? <laughs> Will Ferrell from Zoolander. It's- that Hansel's so hot right now. So hot but right now. it feels like at least every team has at least one player transferring. And I think. I feel like Mark Fox has to capitalize on that. 
He has to get at mm. least one. There are too many players. I don't in the think a lot of people portal. are gonna want to head here. Unless he has a prior relationship. You could get some, you know, some mid-major that's been getting buckets but wants a bigger role that's in a bigger true. school. I I think some people would have some type of motivations to come to Cal. Frankie Ferrari, please come. Bay Area legend. Please. Uh, Tough as nails. That would be great if we got a grad transfer because right now, you're right, we are going to be asking these guys to probably do way more than they should be otherwise asked to, but we don't really have a choice. So if we got a grad transfer to kind of fill in the gaps there, provide some uh, leadership, that's we're in sore need of that. I just have a hard time, like, what kind of player decides to come here? I guess a mid-major guy wants Power 5 conference, conference champions. Got to throw in the uh, bio. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, though. I'm, I'm, it's going to be hard sell. Well, I mean, the whole thing about throwing them into the fire, so to say, can be a good thing. Because that was one of our biggest things with Viking, is that we felt as if... Because, obviously, you coach to win. But the emphasis was a little too much on coaching to win, rather than just getting out, getting your young guys on the floor and giving them an opportunity to make mistakes and develop. Because the only way you can get better is to just get constant reps, both in the practice gym and on the floor. So it can be a good thing next year, or it can be a bad thing in the sense that it builds up a lot of bad habits, which is actually uh-huh. something that Fox noted. He wanted to, you know, tear down a lot of the bad habits that his players developed or may have developed during the the Viking era. Yeah, I'm. I don't know. It's gonna be interesting. I because I don't know if we really had terrible habits as a team beyond just like no ball movement. And no communication on defense. Well, those are pretty terrible those habits. Those are pretty terrible habits, but I feel like this team is still so young that you can mold them. Like, they haven't played like this for five seasons, which is a good thing, or four seasons. Very they, malleable. Yeah, they're still really young. They didn't really know what they were doing last season. They went through, like, various identities, I feel like. Um what identities? Like we were, is. we were the Houston Rockets at one point. <laughs> slight exaggeration. Yeah, yeah very only slight. slight. Only slight. I think maybe Auburn's the actual Houston. Yeah, Rockets. and then you know we became the Ghost Braid disciples. So, um, what about in between? Because there was a lot of that's a pretty well. Big a lot joke. in between that was the Valley of Darkness, Valley of Shadow of Death. There was <laughs> the... As I walk through the Valley of the Shadow of Death. I... Yeah, Mark Fox. We'll see. We'll see. Let's see if we can snag some grad transfers. It's like free agency in the NBA. Can you attract someone? Accept the money. Yeah. Because the athletes aren't paid. Drop the bag. Pay the players. And release the tapes. Please. I think that's a pretty good place to end. Yeah, I think so. That being said, episode number 20, One Golden Moment Podcast, Justice Del Santos. Rory O'Toole. It's been real. Serena Karana, in spirit. Peace. Peace.